From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, my challenge today is not about the good people of Arizona. And it will stand in recess until the call of the chair. Thank you. That was Senator James Lankford, who was interrupted just a couple of hours ago as Senate as uh, protesters breached security and entered the Senate chambers, leading to the evacuation of the Capitol. The president responded with this message. You have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. This all occurring during a joint session of Congress counting the electoral votes from the states. The Capitol was evacuated. The work suspended. We'll talk with Tennessee Congressman Mark Green. Now, let me be clear. This uh, violent, lawless action at the U.S. Capitol building against Congress and Capitol Police is wrong and dangerous for our republic. Lawlessness, as we, you've heard me talk about so many times, is not the way. And such actions makes it difficult for law-abiding Americans to fight the good fight. So how should those who follow Christ respond? We're going to talk about that. Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills Pastor Jack Hibbs joins me here in our D.C. studio to answer that question. And former Ohio Secretary of State Kim Blackwell, who was involved in the last congressional disputed election in 2004, will join us with an analysis of the unfolding process that will pick back up when Congress reconvenes. We'll also take a look at the preliminary results coming out of Georgia's runoff election for the U.S. Senate. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Parler, it is at T. Perkins. All right, uh, earlier today, just hours ago, after a huge rally here in our nation's capital, protesters marched onto the Capitol. It's still uncertain as to the comp full composition of uh, the group that breached security and made their way into the Capitol. Uh, But the proceedings were stopped. I happened to be in a meeting with the uh, Secretary of State at the time, uh, across town at the State Department. Uh, But the work of the joint session has been suspended until order has been restored. Joining me now from Capitol Hill is Congressman Mark Green. He represents the 7th Congressional District of Tennessee. He is a medical doctor and a veteran of the United States Army. Uh, Congressman, welcome back to the program. Tony, thanks for having me on the show. How are you? All right, give us the latest. How are things unfolding there? Is, is calm returned, or are we still, is the chamber still being occupied? Uh, I believe they're slowly moving people out. I mean, I'm in a safe place now. We're still on lockdown. We're sort of where we were. Uh, and uh, I, so I don't know exactly what's going on inside the, the chamber, but best I can tell, they're moving people out and away from the building now. Any idea, uh, you know, when Congress will resume its work? Um, no, no clue at all right now. They're still, I mean, every single staffer and, um, you know, congressman is locked in, a, in their safe place. Here on the Capitol grounds, they're not letting anyone leave. Um, so I, I, I can't imagine anything happens today. Uh, who knows when we'll get out of here. Uh, some Sometime after that, though, we'll take this process up again, I assume. So, Congressman Green, were you in the, uh, the House chamber when uh, protesters uh, breached security and made their way in? I had just left, Tony. I was in the tunnel system when it all sort of blew up and got got to a safe place for myself and, and got my staff safe and uh, you did not see the goings on inside the chamber chamber just heard lots of noise are you getting any reports as to what did unfold and what is happening mostly from the media we do have a messaging system that sort of keeps us alert as to the status of the lockdown and and where people are um, you know, one of the things I did do was get accountability of my class. You know, I'm the freshman class, so I, I just checked in to make sure everybody was safe. But beyond that, we pretty much are, are flying blind. Um, at what uh, I last I heard, were you still debating the objections or discussing the objections over Arizona? Is that at the point in which the interruption took place? 
Yeah, exactly. They were just getting into Arizona, and uh, I guess they probably had had gotten an hour or so of debate done uh, when when the in, intrusion or I, I don't know what you call it invasion assault, I, um, you know, came came into the building. I mean, certainly it's um, we don't know much as who may have been involved in this, but there are literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people here protesting. Um, and there was a march to the uh, the, the Capitol. But I, I'm, I'm sure you would agree this is no way for us to to respond, even though the frustrations are high because, uh, the, you know, there have been court challenges that have been rejected. Um, people feel like they have not gotten their day in court. Um, but this is not the way we do things in a civilized republic. Yeah, I've been very consistent on this, Tony. You know, I, I denounced the Antifa storming of the Portland Federal Building and all the crazy stuff they've done. I denounced the riots that were related to the tragic death of George Floyd. I mean, I, it's horrible what happened to him, but you know those riots were totally uncalled uh, for, unnecessary, uh, unlawful. And I, I denounced these. I mean, it, it, it's unacceptable. Uh, it actually interrupted the very debate looking into this election. I mean, we were actually right. debating and having a discussion about the very issues these folks, uh, we assume these folks are, are frustrated by. And so it's uh, very counterproductive on many levels. So does this change the, the, the course going forward? Uh, you know, there were at least, I think, two other states where objections were going to be raised in terms of the electoral votes. Does this, uh, d- does this derail that process, which would allow us to address, may, may not change the outcome because it's a, more, we're going to talk about this in a minute, the actual process requires a majority vote in each chamber, probably not going to happen in the House, regardless of the facts, but it does allow this information to be made public, which can address this issue going forward. Is that process now damaged by this? I don't think so, because we constitutionally have to do this. I mean, this is a part of the constitutional process for getting a, a – this is the last step sort of in getting a president. So we have to do it. You know, how we go about doing it may be amended somewhat, but, I mean, the process still has to go forward. I, I It'll have to happen, and probably before the week's end. Well, the process will, will go forward, but I, I know that uh, there were several uh, – almost 140 House members, 13 senators that were – uh, prepared to object to the results of certain states. And and I think that's an important part of the process because it draws attention to the irregularities and the disregard for the law, actually, in, in some of those states. And, and, and I'm just concerned that now that this has occurred, that the process might be truncated and, and some of the senators kind of withdrawing their objections because of this environment that's been created. I think that could potentially happen. Um, I've heard talk of that already. So uh, whether or not it'll be enough senators, I don't know. I do know that um, on the House side, there are people that are are now reluctant to continue forward. From my perspective, the whole point of the uh, objecting was to make sure that our election systems get fixed. I mean, some of the things Correct. that happen with mail-in ballots, I mean, we, we've got to look into all this. We cannot allow uh, the executive orders from executive-level leaders to change uh, what should be legislative-driven changes to the to the election process. That that can't be allowed to continue. That That's the whole point of why I objected, and this doesn't change that for me. But I have heard that it may change it for some. Yeah, I, I am with you 100 percent. That is the reason here is to look at this going forward to ensure that it does not happen again. And and I think the whoever is behind this lawless behavior at the Capitol today uh, is is hurting that initiative to try to get to the facts and bring that forward so that we can fix a system that, in my view, is is clearly been broken or manipulated uh, for a particular outcome. No doubt about it. I agree with that 100 percent. So what would you say to those Americans that are out there that are disenchanted with what happened with the election, frustrated, um, but now shocked 
by what this uh, peaceful protest here in D.C. turned into. Where do they go? What do they need to do? I think we needed we need to address this at the state level for the most part. I mean, I, I think there will be you know, Josh Hawley's talking about doing a federal uh, bill that sort of helped, but I'm not necessarily for that. I want states to fix this, but states have got to fix this. Um, you know, they they need to go and talk to their state legislators and make sure that in their states this absent uh, this you know mass mailings. Um, it, one of the things that frustrates me too is the way the elections are reported. I mean, I think there needs to be a winner and a loser reported, and then there's the numbers. You don't get to, you know, one county doesn't doesn't get to watch the count and then war game how many votes they need. I mean, not that that happened. I, I, there's not evidence out there. We're still looking for evidence, but there's certainly all these different things that create a lack of confidence, and we need to create 100% confidence in Americans that. Um, that the, the, the legal votes are counting and illegal votes are not counting, not counting. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, all these different things and changes need to happen. I mean, even even between time zones. I mean, we got to figure something out here. Uh, multiple days after election days, still counting votes. The, these things just are ripe for fraud. I've been saying this all along, all through the summer, and just no one wanted to listen. The state legislators have got to fix this in each state. Yes, absolutely. And I think the federal government, in part, I think the role that they can play is bringing attention to this and encouraging the states to take the the proper action, just as they have with previous uh, federal legislation as it pertains to voting right act, vote, the Voting Right Act, uh, Voting Rights Act. I'll get it out there in a moment. Um, so that everything, everybody has the same fair treatment. Every every person has a vote, and every vote will be counted the same way. I think that's critical going forward so that Amer- the American people can have confidence in our election system. And I will tell you right now, they don't have it. No, that's exactly right. And, and that is the tragedy of all of this, is Americans are sitting out there. I mean, I, who knows who didn't go to the poll in Georgia because they thought it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and that's an unacceptable place for Americans to be. Well, we have to we have to create a system where everyone has confidence. And right now that system isn't in place. Yes. Well, uh, stay the course. And despite the change of environment, uh, we need to continue this process and bring light uh, to those areas that have been manipulated and need to be fixed for the benefit of the republic and the American people. Congressman Mark Green, uh, as always, thanks so much for uh, for being with us today. Thank you for, in the midst of all this chaos, joining us. Thanks, Tony. Have a great day. All right, you too. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Ken Blackwell, former Secretary of State of Ohio, who was involved in the last congressionally disputed election back in 2004 and kind of unpack the process for you that's going to pick back up when Congress readjourns. And then still to come, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hill, joins me in uh, studio. We're going to talk about what do we make of this? A lot of people frustrated. Now people, even greater uncertainty because of this, uh, what I would call third world unrest in our own nation's capital. Uh, Pretty unsettling. How do we respond to that as believers? What is the way forward? That's next. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In a recent poll, 
it was revealed that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview. This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All these resources are free and available at frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org worldview. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host here in our D.C. studio, just uh, blocks from the Capitol where uh, the Capitol is still in lockdown, as you heard from uh, Congressman Mark Green. Earlier today, 1 p.m. actually, a joint session of Congress began in the House chamber to begin hearing the report from the Electoral College, the, the votes from the states. That was done. The vice president was presiding. And it began alphabetical, uh, alphabetically with uh, each state going, um, uh, you know, the report coming in from the state with the electoral votes. Uh, they got to the state of Arizona, and I have a clip of Senator, I'm sorry, Congressman Paul Gozar. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Arizona that the teller has verified appears to be regular in form and authentic? President, I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. Now, that was early today before the the chaos uh, struck the Capitol. The process at that point was that both bodies, the House and the Senate, went to their respective chambers and began two hours of debate. Now, the media has reported that this is like, why are they doing this? This is going to destroy the republic. Well, in fact, it's happened before. Uh, lo and behold, in 2004 actually January 2005, after the 2004 election, Democrats, Senator Feinstein actually being one of them, objected to the votes from the state of Ohio. Joining me now to talk about this process and what we can expect going forward is the former Secretary of State for the state of Ohio, who was Secretary of State at that time. He's now a senior fellow uh, for constitutional studies here at the Family Research Council. Ken Blackwell. Ken, welcome back to the program. Hey, Tony. Good to be with you. All right. So the process. Um, we, we've been addressing what's happening right now, but at some point in time, the Congress is going to uh, to reconvene, and they're going to uh, pick back up. Now, this process is not like some kind of radical departure. It's something that has happened in the past. Yeah, it, it really has, Tony. Uh, and, and while 
Democrats cry outrage over uh, Republican uh, challenges to uh, the, the slates, uh, they have forgotten uh, their own uh, history over the past two decades, not one decade, two decades, 2000, 2004, 2005. Those were elections that they felt were stolen from their respective candidates. Uh, they, in fact, in January of 2001, January of 2005, and January of 2017, registered objections. Uh, and while they didn't go anywhere, uh, Tony, let me just say in 2005, what they did was frame their long game strategy of bringing about changes in the election process at the state level that would have impact over a number of years, and we saw it materialize today. It was, that effort was led by George Soros with his SOS project, where they went out and they found very uh, liberal, radical secretaries of state, elected them, elected attorney generals at the state level uh, to, in fact, give them the interpretations and the policy changes at the state level that uh, took away a lot of the safeguards that were put in place uh, to, to make sure that chain of custody was handled, that voter verification processes were put in place, uh, and as a consequence, what we experienced when they took advantage of a national crisis, something that Rahm Emanuel used to always say to Bill Clinton, yeah. never let a crisis go to waste, they created this situation where there are now many doubts as to the irregularities, the anomalies, the illegalities that took place, and actually change the vote count. So you've seen that unfold because you were front and center in that. As Secretary of State, you handled the, the elections in the state of Ohio mm-hmm. uh, in that election cycle. They took that, as you said, and launched a long-term plan to what brought about, I think, this last election result in November. And I think they, as you said, under the cover of the coronavirus, they were able to game the system along with uh, about $400 million from Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that being the case, 2021, we have objections by Republicans to what occurred in a handful of states. And so maybe it won't go anywhere because each chamber has to vote. You have to have a majority vote of each chamber to sustain the objection. Realistically, that's not going to happen when the Democrats control the the, the House chamber and even the House, the Senate majority leader is opposed to this process. However, it does expose the vulnerabilities and could lead to the long-term change to restore accountability to our election system. Is that not right? That is right, Tony. And as you and I always say, uh, quoting from John 3, those who would do evil love the darkness. All this process is doing is shining a light on the vulnerabilities uh, and the disruptions in, 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 our, in our system that can be fixed. These state legislatures come back into session this month, and the first order of business should be attending to the integrity of our election systems in their respective states that make up uh, the electoral process in these United States. So this is looking forward as we're looking backward. And this is not all about, as the critics would say, all, you know, Trump's people, they're fixated on Trump. Yes, I would have loved to have seen another four years of Donald Trump because of the policies he put in place. But I'm more concerned about the ability of conservatives to win in future elections if we have an election system that's corrupted. Absolutely. And I just hope that uh, those 140 uh, members of the House and 13 senators keep up the huspa and, and encourage and do the right thing, shine a light on these uh, vulnerabilities of our system. All right, uh, Ken Blackwell, as always, great to have you on the program. Thank you, Tony. Good to meet you. All right, folks, a uh, chaotic day here in our nation's capital, unsettling, to say the least. We're going to talk about how do we uh, how do we go forward, a nation divided, questions about our entire system. Jack Hibbs, Pastor Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, joins me next.
the history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org/china. Oh man, what's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah. Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org/app and download, or search "Stand Firm" in the App Store. Okay, that's "Stand Firm." Yep, "Stand Firm." How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Uh, if you're following the media today, a, um, well, a crazy day here in our nation's capital. The joint session of Congress meeting this afternoon at 1 p.m. to receive and to certify the votes from the states from the Electoral College. Uh, they were just about um, not quite, maybe two hours into the process where they were debating in their respective chambers the objections to Arizona and then protesters. Uh, some protesters, again, don't know who yet. I think uh, we'll have to wait to see, you know, really what happened. But we do know this. They breached security. They went in and uh, occupied the chambers of uh, both the House and the Senate. Uh, shots were fired. Uh, and apparently one woman uh, who was a protester trying to go through one of the doors was shot. Uh, that's all we know. I was not at the Capitol at the time. Actually, I was at the State Department meeting with the Secretary of State when it occurred. And so we came back uh, right here to uh, to run into the studio to do today's program. Uh, so we've kind of changed some of our uh, topics that we're going to talk about. And it just so happened that Pastor Jack Hibbs, senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills in California, uh, was in D.C. today for a couple of reasons. One, to join me at the meeting at the State Department and was here also uh, on the mall earlier today for the uh, the rally that was joined by uh, really hundreds of thousands of people. And he joins me in the studio now as we you know, just really want to, uh, to to walk through this process. Pastor Jack, thanks so much for uh, for being with us. Thank you, Tony. All right. Um, we talked about this. The, the, unequivocally denounce violence and lawlessness. Absolutely. I mean, this type of stuff is, is it has no place in a republic. Right. Well, Tony, we're watching uh, the fabric um, that is unraveling, something that was very predictable if you and I, if our audience chooses to look at it from a biblical worldview. Yeah. This is the sowing yes. uh, that has gone on in America for a long time. This is what happens when you eject God from the yeah. courts and from the schools. And you tell kids, by the way, that they are evolutionary byproducts. And you allow rioting and yes. looting and burning to basically go unchecked. And you're referring to uh, earlier on in this closure and this particular right. mayor of this city where uh, and many Democrat locations across our nation where rioting, violent rioting was taking place and nothing was done. Right. About I, it. I so watched they, for, I watched four nights and five nights uh, watched it from my office window. 
yes. uh, here in D.C. back in uh, in June. Yes. So uh, and that that was played out all across the country. I denounced that. Right. And I denounced and we denounced this. this. Lawlessness is not the way to go. Right. Violence. This is not the way to now. If they were, if there was a peaceful sit-in, okay, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now th- this this I think sets us back in terms of addressing the concerns that endanger our republic. But I I, I want you, Pastor Jack, to, to speak here for a moment because we we speak to Christians all across this country, um, those that have been involved politically, mm-hmm. who are frustrated over the outcome of this election, and like me, do not believe that. The uh, this election was a fair and free election. Correct. Uh, that it was manipulated. Correct. Um, through a, through various means, mm-hmm. and so there's frustration there. Um, some may be angry, like what we I don't know who like again don't know who did that at the Capitol today, but I'm sure there are people that are angry about it, feel like they've been robbed. I understand that. Others want to maybe shrink back in silence and disengage. Mm. Neither. Are the proper response. That is correct. In fact, what we need to take away is, in my opinion, um, from a biblical worldview, I need to galvanize myself now in light of what's happened. What does that mean? It doesn't mean we shriek away, and it doesn't mean that we pick up a brick. It means that we as believers uh, go to our knees in prayer. We seek the Lord honestly, friends, like never before, yes. because we've got kids, we've got grandkids, we've got a nation to defend. And I know that there's a sense where some people are thinking tonight. I saw a man walking down the street this afternoon, well into his 70s, carrying an American flag by himself, and he was crying, Tony. And I don't know what that man was thinking, but it gripped my heart. And I, I, what I want to say is hope. There's hope because Jesus Christ is on his throne. There's hope because we've seen, even you're talking about this last election, the church cannot be criticized in this last election for not getting involved. The church did yeah. get involved. The yeah. church did vote. And I want to speak to all of you out there. You cannot be discouraged right now. Is it not going the way that we had hoped and prayed for? It appears that way. But God's on his throne. He knows exactly what's going on. Heaven is not shaken by this. The word of God is not thwarted. What we need to do is find out what the Lord wants us to do next. But whatever that is, it will be honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ and honoring to Scripture. But we need to know the heartbeat of God because violence like this, this is not it. Nor is it ever God's plan for us to shrink back in silence and hide from speaking truth. Never. Uh, we have an obligation, a responsibility to continue regardless of what the environment may be. Pastor Jack, we're, we're up against a, uh, a break, but we're going to come back and continue this conversation. Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, my guest here as we process um, a lot of things. And, I, and I've heard from many of you. Uh, through email, I've had text messages. Uh, uh, you know, we've have had many, many conversations. A lot of, in fact, from a lot of pastors across the country, just trying to figure out where do we go from here. There's frustration that their voices are not being heard. All the more reason we need to pound on the doors of heaven mm-hmm. and 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 plead for God's mercy and His hand in our nation. We cannot give up. We can't, that's not an option for us. We must stand for God's truth, regardless of the environment. We're going to continue this conversation with Pastor Jack Hibbs on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com.
Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash hide. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Welcome back. This is Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Joining me in studio here in our D.C. headquarters, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Senior Pastor, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. He was with me here today as I uh, had a meeting um, with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and uh, we were. he was also here for the rally on the mall earlier today. Uh, Pastor Jack, we were talking about before the break as, as believers that are... Um, you know, frustrated of what has taken place. Uh, now, probably unsettled, because I, I cannot, I'll, I'll have to be very honest, I would be hard-pressed to find Bible-believing Christians that would be okay with what took place at the Capitol today, the vi- violence of, of uh, storming the Capitol. I mean, I, I don't think we're there. We, st- we have the ability to use the system. I know it's I know it's manipulated. I know it was corrupted, but we cannot give in because by, you know, the scripture makes very clear when we live by the law, we rebuke those who are lawless. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've got to work within the confines of law. I do not believe we are at a point yet where we cannot work within the system to reform the system. Well, and I love what you just said, because, again, it goes back to the fact that uh, God has given us this republic. Nobody can deny that. The founding of this nation is like is unlike any other nation on earth. Having said that, you and I are still breathing. God is still on his throne. Uh, there are – and you introduced me to a gentleman last night, Marshall. There's really godly good people that have been elected yeah, lately. And, and more. And more, more. More and more are coming to this nation's capital who are men and women of yes. deep abiding faith. So God is still yes. working in America. So, Tony, just candidly, that alone should cause people to have hope. Oh, it's all over. I can't believe it. Wait, wait, wait. Get your eyes off of a man and understand yes. something. Yes. God yes. used that man in many ways. Uh, but one of them is to uh, cause an election wave of young uh, some of them very godly people who ran for office and got elected. Listen, everyone, don't give up. It's not over. Back home in California, we like to say it's not over till the fat angel sings. Listen, we need to still be stewards over this nation of ours. And if if we don't stand up and take courage and hold the line, then what's the option? Surrender? No, we're not going to do that. Jesus knows nothing about surrender. Right. He didn't surrender in the Garden of Eden. He didn't surrender at the cross. And we're going to do the same thing. I understand it's a time to wipe the blood off your nose, catch your breath. I get that. Right now you feel a little punch in the stomach. 
But tomorrow's going to be a day with new mercies for the believer. Right. And we focus on the word of God like never before. And you and I pray that God would awaken America's pulpits. Jack, we've known each other for close to 20 years. Um, and, you know, my listeners here, we've been on the air, I think, eight years now. I, I don't I don't hide my head in the sand. Right. You know, I mean, I we are challenged. We are living in a challenging time. What is going to unfold in the weeks and months ahead under a Biden administration is going to challenge challenge us to our very core and fast. It's going to come very quick. It it is religious freedom, sanctity of human life. Everything that we've seen this administration advance, they are going to reverse and move rapidly in the other direction. We must stand for those things, even though it is going to be an environment that is difficult. Quite frankly, um, as as we were talking in the break, what I've seen unfold in my 25 years in politics is that the – and some will be – say this is a bad thing, and I'm not happy about it. But the sides are clearly defined. There Mm -hmm. is a line dividing Mm -hmm. America, Mm -hmm. and and it's clear. You you stand on one side or the other. You stand on the side of truth. Or you stand on the side of deception. Well, Tony, I, again, I'm not. What I'm about to say is not going to be well appreciated, I'm sure. But it's a, it's a, it's a truth, and that is, I'm actually, as a spiritual leader, I'm actually grateful in the Lord for the definition, for the defining. We so much find in this this liberal age of our theology, I clump generally, that oh no, we we need to have unity. We must all get along. I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. Uh, Jesus said, I came to separate. I came to separate. Listen, you cannot unify unless there's truth agreed upon. What fellowship has light Light with darkness? darkness. What fellowship does Belial, Satan, have with Christ? The fact of the matter is the, the line is being drawn. Jesus said before he comes back, it is going to be as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And prophetically speaking, we know that these days are coming. Jesus said they're going to come. In America, we've had it very easy for a long time. And that doesn't mean we give up. It means that we get ready. And the church is being purified. It's happened during COVID. I think the next chapter of the church being purified is going to start tomorrow, if not already. And we do need to stand. And friends and family of faith... Get into your Bible like you never yes. have before. Yes. Don't mess around. If you yes. don't go to a Bible teaching church, you need to find one quick. Absolutely. That will speak the application of God's word to the world in which we live. Now, currently, that's what makes that church, that ministry relevant. Yes. Is if it's a Bible teaching word of God from the Bible to use tomorrow. Right. Not not teaching the Bible just as a book of history. It's yeah. A, a book of application for life. It is the unadulterated word of God, inerrant in the original languages, to be used now, profitable for every spiritual Well, growth. speaking of that, I, I actually put this out uh, earlier this morning on Parlor. If you're on Parlor, it's at T. Perkins. Uh, in our two-year through the Bible reading, we were in Isaiah 50 and 51, and this is where Isaiah was... You know, this was years, almost two centuries, um, before the um, tribe of uh, Judah, the the southern tribe, would be carried into captivity and then finally released. But he uh, he, he says in uh, verse 7 of 51, says, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law, do not fear the reproach of men nor be afraid of their insults. This is speaking to that time of release where they had been beaten down and they were living in this uh, abhorrent culture. And and he says, look, you, you know me. You know my law. It's in your heart. Don't fear the reproach of men, uh, nor be afraid of their insults. Rather, trust in me. And, and and I think that's where we need to be, where we need to be. He says, and and you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he is prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Basically saying, look, those guys are going to go away, but I'm here forever. So who are you going to put your trust in? Who are you going to fear? And if we fear God by meaning reverence for him, we don't have to fear what's happening Amen. around us. Tony, that passage, where again is that exactly? Because everyone needs to meditate on it. That's the answer. Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51, because as you read that, 
we're in this situation right now because, let's be honest, we as a nation and even as a church in America, in a lot of ways, we have forgotten God. Yes. We have forgotten to fear him. We've been more afraid of getting sick right. than fearing God. We've been more fearful of a COVID than of sin. And in, in, in having reverence for God means that you live for him. Yeah. It, it, not just going to church, which actually that was a given before people you know, would just go to church. But even today now, going to church is a real act of faith. Yes. Whether or not you're going to be uh, you know, criticized or in some cases charged with a crime in some jurisdictions. Or, or ostracized from your family for going to church. Right. Because of the fear of a virus. Now, look, we've talked about this on the program before. If you're in a vulnerable, high-risk category... You know, look, stay home, stay away from the crowds. But if you're healthy and well, by golly, go to church. You go to the grocery store, don't you? Amen. That's right. You get on an airplane where those germ capsules where we're packed elbow to elbow. Just got off one. We were packed. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, you can do that. But in, in, in the California, state of California, where you're at, the governor says you can't go to church. Can't sing. Yeah. Can't worship. Well, some of us can't sing anyway. But, I can't sing, oh, okay. but I, I fake it. <laughs> so the, the the point is that we have to exercise our faith, and I, I you know, yeah. it's been difficult at times under this administration that has been favorable to religious freedom. At least from a law perspective, it's been easier. The culture still is dismissive, but we have to be bold in our faith mm-hmm. and have no fear of man regardless of the cancel culture, regardless of what we may face ahead, if we're bold in our faith, that faith is contagious. And the truth will set people free. Faith and accompanied with faith is always courage. It's contagious. It It can turn an entire congregation, church, family, community, nation around. Tony, I want to thank you publicly for you standing firm because you're right. We're coming up on 20 years of being good friends. And I gotta, I gotta be grateful to you. Um, and the fact that, you know, our tune has never changed, Tony, because it's been biblically based. And here we are by God's grace at this hour. We've been right all along because we've been biblical about what our position is. And that just is a testimony again as to why we need to be back in the word of God and hanging on. That is the most essential element of the Christian walk is to be in the word of God. And, And I believe that the reason the church has been somewhat anemic in years past is because we have not been in the Word of God. And I mean individually and collectively as churches. I, I think these uh, little sermonettes that are preached uh, are insufficient for the days in which we live. We need to be teaching our people Amen. the Word of God and how to apply it in in real life. Chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Absolutely. It's and one thing I've learned from Calvary Chapel as a Baptist, yeah. uh, you know, a Southern Baptist, I am grateful for all of my uh, Calvary Chapel friends, you in particular. Uh, but Chuck Smith, yeah. the late Chuck Smith, who, who who did that, it changed the way I teach. Yeah, I, I now do through the word, beginning in Genesis all the way through. In fact, it really is the Genesis, if you will, of our two-year through the Bible reading program. That's, right. that's, that's exactly true. And you mentioned about sermonettes. You know, Charles Spurgeon said that we've got to get away from... Pastors who produce sermonettes for Christianettes. Yeah. Because that's what it makes. Who smoke cigarettes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that before. I don't now. know that he said that. That was the deacons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but folks, look, we, 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 I know we're joking around here, but we can even have joy in the midst yeah, of, of these challenges. And look, God is not unsettled by what happened today. Um, that's right. Does he approve of it? No, I don't think he does. Um, I'm not unsettled by it. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. But the word tells us that we're to be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we're to make our request known unto God. And if you, if you begin to get frazzled, you begin to get anxious, you begin to, 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 to feel, feel, feel fear creeping in. Mm. You know what that is? That's a trigger to pray. Yeah. You know, we need to see that. You know, you hear about all these triggers. Yeah. You know, we good. need to be triggered to pray. That's good. To get on our knees and begin to pray and beseech the God of heaven to intervene. He has in times past, and he can do it again. Amen. Amen. He's on his throne still. He'll always be. 
So, folks, um, don't lose heart and certainly don't step back. Don't disengage. Now, we, we're talking about the, the, the culture. It is a bit. It's increasingly gotten hostile. Now, we've had four good years of administration that respects religious freedom, but there is a hostility that is in the culture that has become very blatant. And so it's going to require, you know, courage uh, to stand firm. And we've got a few minutes left. I want to play a a clip from CNN. Uh, This is Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon uh, last night um, really making fun of Senator Rubio because each day Senator Rubio, like I do, tweets out a, a Bible verse. Um, Bobby, can you play that clip for us? The man he called uh, Little Marco, Little you Marco. know, uh, Mr. Uh, you know, Bible Boy. You know, he's got a Bible quote for every moment. He just never speaks truth to power yeah. or acts on any of it in the interest of his own state or of this country. Uh, that would have been unthinkable mm-hmm. just a few years ago. But CNN, apparently, no qualms about belittling people of faith. I mean, Jack, we're seeing this in our culture, this great hostility. And, of course, some may respond, oh, I don't want to be seen that way. All the more we need to rush in with those Bible verses. I'd like to see everybody put on parlor, put on Twitter a Bible verse tomorrow morning. So right now, if I apply the doctrines of the Bible, that kind of comment tells me from Scripture, from Jesus himself, that comes from a demonic source. I'm not saying Chris Cuomo's Satan. I'm saying he's being manipulated. And what's interesting is you're going to hear a lot of anger and angst towards Christianity. And I hope I'm wrong about what I'm about to say. But we're going to see a a resurgence of liberty and freedom toward, for example, the Islamic population. They're going to get carte blanche. No one would ever say that about the Quran and some imam. True. No one. Let's just get that straight right now. Why? Because it is a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And part of that, that kind of a comment is exactly from, according to Jesus, from a source of spiritual darkness. And it has the effect, in some cases, because of the cancel culture in which we live and the really open season on Bible-believing Christians, to, to, for them to, to grow silent, to mm-hmm. step back. Folks... Look, let me, let me go back and read that verse again from Isaiah chapter 51, verse 7. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their insults. Mm, fantastic. We cannot shrink back. We cannot be silent. Tony, right now, as we sit here, that ministers to me exactly the point and motive behind this broadcast. That word right there is comforting my heart and it should be true for all of us right now make sure that your heart friend is open and willing and ready to receive the word of god do not do not fall and get caught into the anxiousness of the day pastor jack hibbs as always my friend thanks for joining us thank you folks thank you for joining us as well and once again i leave you with the encouraging words of the apostle paul found in ephesians 6 where he says when you've done everything you can do when you've prayed prepared and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.